Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, sitting next to that tall drink of water with a silver spoon up his ass. <laughs> and I'm Dean Jeffrey, and I near soiled myself watching Shawshank. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Stay away from me. Stay away from that silver spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and today it is Breakdown 100, Dean. Can you believe we got here, Hendo? Yes, I can. We started out with Die Hard all those years ago. It was many years ago now. And here we are. Here we are. At number 100, we are two-fifths of the way. We are 40% done, Dean. Actually, we're less than 40% because we've are had we? a couple of the films drop out of the top 250 list. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you, La La Land. Yeah, I was thinking La La Land. Was Groundhog Day dropped <laughs> Groundhog out? Groundhog Day's yeah. one, and I think Wizard of Oz and The Terminator maybe are the other two. Jesus. Yeah. Those are some good films. They are. Why are they out of the list? Got to get those Indian films in, though, don't we? I mean, maybe we could try and filter it to uh, not have those Indian films in. Let's look at the IMDb minus the Indian films. What do you mean, maybe? I've already said I'm not doing the Indian films. I'm sorry if to all our Indian listeners, but there's too many. Not a big uh, Drisham fan? No, haven't seen it. Me neither. But, but you ha- you have seen some of the Indian ones. Yeah, and I think the only one I liked was Gangs of Wasapa. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but we're not talking about those films today. Or maybe never, because we're talking about the number one film on the IMDb Top 250 list, The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and what a remarkable number one it is, Hendo. I'm honestly still surprised that this is the consensus number one film on IMDb. Really? Why do you say that? Because... It doesn't have the same reverence of, like, a Godfather. You know, it's not a classic old film that everyone just says is a perfect film. It doesn't have the popularity of, like, a, a Dark Knight. But there it is. It's just, it's found that that sweet spot, Hendo. Shawshank Redemption has the most votes on yeah, IMDb. How? I don't know. It that, does. That blows my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> that that is crazy to me. Like, I could see this having less votes, but the people who voted for it um, give it, you know, 10 out of 10 on IMDb. But the fact that this has more votes than any other film, this random ass film that came out in 1994. I mean, stop, stop saying it's a random ass film. Random ass okay? film. I mean, it's clearly shown that it is Box a popular film. Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> How? How, Hendo? All right, let's get into it. The Shawshank Redemption is a 1994 American drama film written and directed by Frank Darabont based off the 1982 Stephen King novella Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption. Darabont first collaborated with Stephen King in 1983 on the short film adaptation of The Woman in the Room, buying the rights from him for $1, which was the dollar deal that King used to do to help new directors build a resume by adapting his short stories. Really? I think we've spoken about that maybe on Stand By Me. Okay, fair enough. Did you see what uh, this film cost uh, Darabont? What, the initial, um, what yeah. the, to get the, the rights yeah, to the, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, 5000 5000 Yeah. And I read that Stephen King actually did not cash that check. He did not. He framed it, and then he sent it back to Darabont saying, if you ever need to be bailed out, here's your money. Don't think he needed to in the end. I mean, who knows? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. never know. Yeah, I don't know his criminal history. <laughs> Do you? No, I don't, Dean. So, director and Castle Rock co-founder Rob Reiner liked the script here. He offered Darabont between $2.4 million to $3 million to allow him to direct it himself. Reiner was actually planning to cast Tom Cruise as Andy and Harrison Ford as Red, but Darabont said no. Yeah, I can definitely have seen... Actually, no, I can't. Tom Cruise as Andy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Because if you think about it, the Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins casting is is phenomenal. No, of course. And like Tim Robbins... Why, why am I struggling with that name? Tim Robbins, really, like you take this out of his, you know, filmography. What What's his next biggest film? Mystic River. I guess. The direct he's directing, the Dead Man Walking, Arlington, Arlington Road. Road. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jacob's Ladder, probably. I think he did that before I this. That. I haven't either, but I hear that's a good film and he's the, the star of that movie. It's like a weird film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like a really hard to follow sort of film. Yeah, with a weird twisty ending. Yeah. Yeah. So he shopped the script around for about two weeks and in the end, Castle Rock did get back to him and he had a $25 million budget for the movie, taking a $750,000 screenwriting and director salary plus a percentage of the net profits. Yeah, I mean, the it didn't make profit though, did it? I mean, no, it didn't. No, it, it didn't. At the box office, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But okay. Darabont looked initially for some of his favourite actors. He looked at Gene Hackman and Robert Duvall for Andy. They'd be too old, wouldn't they? I would have assumed so, but they were unavailable at the time. Yeah. Then he looked at Clint Eastwood and Paul Newman. I mean, he's. I think he's going for Red as a old person. But he spends decades in jail. Yeah, I don't understand that. They did They did end up offering it to Tom Cruise, as well as Tom Hanks and Kevin Costner. Uh, Hanks passed on it because he was about to star in Forrest Gump. Costner because he Whoops. was about to star in Waterworld. <laughs> and Tom Cruise attended table readings for the script, but he declined to work with the inexperienced Darabont. What a dickhead. Ah. Come on, Tom Cruise, you're better than that. What's Tom Cruise doing at this point? Uh, Early like, 90s Tom Cruise. He hadn't done Mission Impossible yet. So this yet. is like That's 93, 96. so is that like the... F- Firm was that? Was that before? Yeah. Was that after Mission the, Impossible? No, I don't think it was. The yeah. firm was early nineties, roughly around that. A Top Gun? No, no. Top Gun's like eighty-five. Oh, mid eighties, really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The what about Rain Man? Was that eighty-nine? Uh, yeah, eighty-nine. So he's done that. So I, he was a critical success. Oh, Tom, but yeah, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise made his name in the in the eighties. Yeah, and then just accelerated from there. Yeah, okay. I think Tom Hanks would have been a a not bad choice. He definitely looks like the Tim Robbins. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, he doesn't have the super strong, you know, Harrison Ford look about him. Like, you want someone- Get who, out of my prison. Yeah, you want someone who's who's a bit soft. Yeah. You know, who surprises you with their resilience. Whereas, I think you're seeing, you know, Harrison Ford's always going to be a tough guy. I mean, you go through those names that you just said. Gene Hackman, Robert Duvall, Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman. They don't look like the kind of soft kind of people. I mean, Duvall is- no, no, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even think that. Have you not seen The Godfather? No, is it good? Yeah, it's, it's oh. not bad. Not bad. <laughs> um, no, but Duval is soft, softly I, spoken. What do you think? Why do you think so? You know, rough about Duval. I think Duval is like, like gruff older man. Yeah, but in the early nineties, Apocalypse Now, he's definitely not soft and mushy in that film. Yeah. He loves the smell of napalm in the morning. Does he? Yeah. Oh wow. You should tell me. <laughs> so Darabont said he cast Tim Robbins after seeing him in Jacob's Ladder. Well, there you go. Well, there you go indeed, Hendo. Yeah, we, might, we should watch that Jacob's Ladder. We're not going to. Why not? Because it's not good enough to be on the IMDb Top 250, and it's not part of some popular series that we could watch. I mean, maybe we can get someone to request it for us. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, we haven't spoken about Bob Gunton yet. Warden Norton? Yes. Rolls off the tongue. So, to convince the studio that he was right for the part, Darabont arranged for him to record a screen test on a day off from his work on Demolition Man at this time. Ah, have you seen Demolition Man? Many times. Really? Yeah. Fun movie. Okay. I would say three times when I was early teens. I'd probably say five for me. That is many for you. It is many. They had a wig made for him as his head was shaved for Demolition Man. So after being confirmed for the role, he used the wig in the film's early scenes until his hair regrew. So there are certain parts of this movie where he's got a good old wig going on there. It is a good wig. It is a good wig. So the shooting for this film was a bit... uh, bit intense. How so, Hendo? Filming regularly required up to 18-hour workdays, six days a week. Morgan Freeman described the film as tense, uh, citing Darabont using multiple takes all the time for scenes he didn't really feel were necessary to do multiple takes. Wow, it almost sounds like Darabont runs this place like a fucking prison. <laughs> <laughs> In particular, the scene where Andy first approaches Red to 
get the rock hammer. Yes. Took nine hours to film. Yes. And featured Freeman throwing and catching a baseball with another inmate throughout it. The number of takes that were shot resulted in Freeman turning up to filming the next day with an arm in a sling. With an arm also in a sling. Yeah. That's incredible. You know what I learned from that scene, Hendo? What's that? That Morgan Freeman is left-handed. Did you actually learn that this time just by watching that? Yeah, he throws left-armed. Okay. I didn't even pick up on that. I mean, why would you? Huh. As a fellow lefty, I look out for these things. I was, I was too busy listening to their conversation and their, their relationship blooming. You're too busy watching him throw a baseball. Oh, did you say blooming? Yeah. I thought you said bloomy. Their relationship bloomy. That's how much you enjoyed it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, in Darabont's original vision for the end of the film, Red is seen riding a bus towards the Mexican border, leaving his fate ambiguous. That was what he wanted to happen. The studio insisted on including the scene of Red and Andy reuniting. Darabont felt that this was a commercially sappy ending. The studio agreed to finance filming for the scene without requiring its inclusion, guaranteeing Darabont the final decision in the end. The beach reunion was shown to a test audience, and they said that was their favourite scene of the whole movie, which made Darabont you know, change his mind and go, okay, let's uh, let's put that in then. Ooh, I guess we're going to have to see if it's our excellent Hendo. Well, well, we'll find out at least halfway through, since this is a two-parter breakdown. Of course it is, Hendo. I wonder if your favourite is, uh, is in this half. Ooh, do you think it will be? I don't think so. Okay. But like we alluded to before, a budget of $25 million and worldwide grossed $58 million. Wow. Yeah, not good. Uh, it did only gross about, in, in in the domestic box office, it only grossed about $18 million. That's pathetic. And then once it received all of its Oscar nominations, it only got an extra $10 million out of that. So even after the bump of Oscar nominations, it still did not basically procure its money back. It was considered a box office bomb at mm. the time. At least it did get Oscar love, though, which I'm sure we'll get to shortly. We will. But it did end up becoming one of the top rented films of the year. It yeah. really made its really made its buzz uh, thanks to Video Easy and Blockbuster. Mainly Blockbuster. Video Easy is an Australian thing. Yeah, which probably it wouldn't have happen now because no. it would get sold to like a Netflix based on you know based on uh like box office results would dictate how much Netflix are going to pay for exactly. it. Exactly. So if a movie does shit at the box office then they can get it for cheap. And it's not like Netflix are going to say to the studios, "Hey, this is actually one of our most watched films, have an extra few mil." And also because of the low box office, the the rights to broadcast the film on TV were a lot cheaper than usual, and in the end the television airings of the film occurred record-breaking numbers and its repeated broadcast was considered essential to turning the film into the cultural phenomenon after its poor box office performance and in a 2014 Wall Street Journal article based on the margin studios take from the box office returns home media sales and television licensing the Shawshank Redemption had made an estimated 100 million dollars in the end oh nice I wonder if Darabont got his slice of pie yeah I don't know if that included that yeah yeah Interesting. I also did see that in 2004, on the 10-year anniversary, Bob Gunton said he's still earning six-figure residual payments from this movie, based off all the television broadcasts and shit. Like, yearly. Bob Gunton yeah. is earning 100 grand a year. Six-figure. He said he didn't say 100 grand, he said six-figure. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, what does that tell you about, like, actual big movies now? There's no way. Really? In 2004, based off the the residuals. Like, like you know what Seinfeld gets? They, they make a packet still from all yeah, that. Yeah, but Seinfeld is, is one thing. Um, that was a, a phenom, if you will, Hendo. But so but, was this movie when it came out onto television airings. They were showing this so many times that they were continuing to get money. For, up until 2004. Like, yeah, it may have lowered like from Bob there. Bob Gunton is Morgan Freeman in this film. Yeah, imagine how much money Morgan Freeman was getting from this. Like, that doesn't sound right. I mean, he said it. I can't, I can't verify. I can go you know, check with the man himself. But Do it. All right, we'll be back. Okay, he did say that's that was true. <laughs> and like most of these films high up on the list here, in 2015, this film was selected by the United States Library of Congress to be preserved in the National Film Registry. But this film was nominated for seven Academy Awards, did not win any. 
It was nominated for Best Film Editing, which it lost to Forrest Gump. It lost Best Original Score to The Lion King. I mean, that's a tough one to come up against. Yeah, I reckon. Good on The Lion King for getting original score. It lost Best Sound to Speed. Yeah, okay. You can't argue with that either, like... It lost Best Cinematography to Legends of the Fall. Okay, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It lost Best Adapted Screenplay, which it lost to Forrest Gump. <laughs> All right, there's, <laughs> there you go. There's your contention. I mean, come on. Screenplay, Forrest Gump, really? Yeah. Terrible. His mum always said life was like a box of chocolates. Oh, spare me. Morgan Freeman lost Best Actor to Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump in his back-to-back wins. Okay. And, of course, it lost Best Picture to Forrest Pulp Gump. Gump. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the seven noms didn't win any. That's disappointing for sure, Shank. It is, to be sure. I will shank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, some scores here. Rotten Tomatoes critics have this at a 91% and the audience have it at 98%. Metacritic have it at 80%. What? (laughs) Metacritic. Is it still their number one ranked film? Probably. (laughs) Letterboxd have it at a 4.4%. But let's take a look at the history of The Shawshank Redemption in the IMDb Top 250 list. Would you believe me if I said this did not debut on the very first list? I would, because you haven't lied to me yet, Henry. Well, it did. <laughs> it debuted onto the very first list, 26th of April 1996, at number two. It has wait, never... wait, wait, wait. We actually lied. Yeah, of course I was lying. <laughs> Uh, it has never gone lower than four. It briefly hit number four roughly in around 2000. It went from two, three, four, one, two, three. Like it just bounced around from there up until about mid 2008, where it finally hit number one and has not moved since mid 2008, where it currently sits at number one with a 9.2 over 2.4 million votes. Incredible, Hendo. Incredible indeed, Dean. But all this talk about number ones and, you know, big, big numbers here for the Shawshank. Very curious to see what you actually think about this film. Because I know we, we as we've been going on this journey, we've been subtly dropping mentions of Godfather and Godfather 2 and things yes. like that. I don't know how much we've actually spoken about Shawshank along the way here. Uh, yeah, it's. I think you're actually right. For a film that is number one on our beloved list, uh, yeah, we definitely don't mention it like we mention other films. Ooh, is, that a, is that a good sign or a bad sign? We'll have to see. Yeah, all right, why don't we get into it, Dean? I think I've seen this film maybe... I'll say twice before. How long ago was your last viewing? Oh, well, it's maybe five years ago. Oh, that's actually quite recent then. Yeah, I think maybe five. Uh, I don't remember this first scene. I always remember, like, I feel like if I did watch it those times, I started watching it when he gets his sentence, like the zoom in of his face when he gets- Are you serious? Like, no, but I probably have seen this, but I don't remember the flashback of him sitting in the car and things really? like that. Really? Yeah. It's weird because I know I've seen this multiple this times. I just can't remember scenes, it. This opening scene's phenomenal. Is no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great though. Oh yeah, it is. Because I love how you don't see him do it. Like it looks like, because they're explaining what's happening in the court as he's doing it. Which he probably, like, honestly, this isn't like a Kaiser Soze thing where he's telling the story and what we're seeing on screen is from his point of view. This is from the court. So this, I believe, I believe this actually happened, this scene where he's sitting in the car, getting drunk, pulling out the gun, because he's actually telling you the truth in the courtroom when they're t- talking to him. Yes. And I love that, you know, he gets out the car and as they're, as they're explaining what's going on, like you see the, the bottle smash on the ground and the bullets on the, on the floor and they're like, they're explaining how this is happening. So you're like, geez, this actually looks very convincing because you're actually seeing this happen. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I love, I mean, I love the ambiguity, but I think it's so, such a crucial part of this film as well. The, did he do it? Because I, like, I watched this for the first time when I was probably 14, I would, I would guess. Yeah, it's probably like 16-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't remember what my first 
um, experience of viewing this was like. I remember it being really good. I remember not watching it for a bit um, because the cover looks boring as fuck. Which cover did you see? Is it the, just the two massive heads of Tim Robin and Morgan Freeman or was it like the, the, the open arm in the rain? I think it was a combination. I think you had the two oh. massive heads at the top, then you had the Shawshank logo in the middle and then you had him in a field. So okay. I thought. Because there's the other a version. A yellow that's like field, a, Hendo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a field though. It's rain. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a whole bunch of wheat like flying around. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he's on a farm. Yeah. I was like, fuck, this looks boring. I think the other poster I've seen is like the bluish background where they have like all the like the Avengers Endgame heads. Like you got Tim Robbins' big head in the in the, mm. in the front and then like all the other heads around it. I'm like, that's a weird looking Ugh. poster. Yeah, I don't like that one. I just like the I one, where it's, that one where it's literally just him in the rain. Like I don't yeah. need to have massive Tim Robbins' head and Morgan Freeman mug at the top. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, spoiler alert for this poster? I mean, it could be him like getting mowed down by bullets. Like he gets out of the, gets out of the prison. He's like, freedom! And he gets mowed down by bullets. Or he does like the, the Willem Dafoe and Platoon. Yeah, that's what I was up. thinking. <laughs> not, not freedom, no, but I mean, yeah, the... <laughs> The Willem Dafoe in Platoon. Um, yeah. Like, all, all that, all those bits of rain are just, like, bullets coming at him. Mm. It's just interesting. Like, Tim Robbins here is just perfect. Like, he he he's so detached. You know, he looks cold. Yeah. He looks like there's no emotion. He's talking about, you know, his wife or ex-wife, um, you know, getting getting killed or her, her, her death. And he's just, like, calm as anything. He plays the role where you could realistically believe that he actually did it. Like, if you're watching, you're yes. like, yeah, I could see him doing it. But then you can also look at it and go, I kind of see that he he could be innocent like you really can't tell yeah which uh, is that is that a sign of like like you, you might you, i think you say it is like really good acting like you, some people might say like oh i can't tell if he did or didn't do it but i feel like that's the point that's the point that's the purpose mm. Mm. yeah for sure that's the that's the purpose um and i think i think if anything the filmmakers want you to think he did do it at least at this opening bit do Cause, they because the evidence is so strong it's just like and what was your response, Mr. Dufresne? Uh, well, was it not, I'll see you in hell before I see you in Reno? Do they want you to think that he did it? Don't they want you to sympathise with this character? Oh, you've got to sympathise with him. But I think it's definitely, you know, the moment where Tommy Tomasimo comes in later and, you know... Spoilers for part two. <laughs> and says, you know, nah, it definitely wasn't him, basically. Yeah. I think that is a a revelation. Maybe not like it's not, I wouldn't call it a twist, but it's definitely like oh, he definitely didn't do it. Okay, it's a bit hard to yeah to think about that when you've seen the movie several times. And you know that it'd be interesting to see like someone watching it for the first time whether they actually really believe that he did or didn't do it from the get go. Yeah. What I also find really good, and obviously knowing that he's innocent, sort of backs this up. But he's he talks like an innocent man. Yeah. Right. There are many things that goes against him that he doesn't dispute. He doesn't argue. He doesn't say it different ways. He's just like you know, oh, someone said this bad thing, and he's like, yeah, if if they say so, you know, like yeah, he's 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 like yeah, I had the gun, I was drinking, I was drunk, I was watching the house. Like you wouldn't say all this stuff. Like I know the evidence is there, but you would you would frame it differently. He's just so open and honest in these. But that moments. sort of does him in as well. Like the judge in the end saying you are a cold, heartless bastard, and I you know I can't see you redeeming yourself at any point just because of the way he's saying that. Yeah, he's just if they're to believe that he's guilty, and he's like, yeah, I did that, I did mm. this, yeah, like just no emotion whatsoever. Mm. I really feel like that plays to them just saying you are one of the worst people I've ever seen in my life, mm. and you need to be put behind bars forever. Mm. 
But even like an- another example I'll, I'll say is when he's saying that he was driving around getting drunk at various bars and then he went to the place and the lawyer was like, what was your intention? Now, if you were guilty of killing, you'd be like, oh, I just wanted to talk, you know. He goes, I'm not sure. I just wanted to frighten them. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, you still want to win this this case, yeah, buddy? Like... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't eat like in terms of him trying to get himself innocent, he really doesn't do a good job. No, his lawyers are terrible. Yes. Maybe he represented himself. Do we even see his lawyers sitting at a bench? I don't think we need to. We just see that uh Darabont actor. What is what's his name? Do you know it off the top of your head? He's in Fear the Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, uh, no, I don't know. He, he you're talking about the guy who's also one of the guards in the Green Mile? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jeffrey DeMunn That's is right. his name. I feel like we made a demand joke a little while ago. Is he demand? No, he's demand. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad we reused that one, Hendo. I did. <laughs> uh, so Andy's off to prison. Hold on, hold on. He no? makes okay, this, he ma- oh, it's just he makes this massive point. The lawyer here, which I think is great, he's saying he didn't just do it. This is a cold yeah. heart. A revolver holds six bullets, not eight. That's incredibly damning. Yeah, and he's just like this. This person stopped to reload. So yeah, no, nah, I think I think this opening scene honestly is a just. A banger. A perfect way to open this film where you get you get so much information. Yeah. And they're sort of playing like credits over the top of these as well, aren't they? Of course, they? yeah. And it's just like, man, this... Which I don't mind when they do that because instead of having to wait for all the credits to finish before you get into a movie, it just goes straight into the movie. I'm not yeah. paying attention to these credits. Yeah. But no, as you say, two life sentences, back to back, one for each of your victims. Man, so be it. <laughs> is one not enough? What what is a life sentence? Is it is it a certain amount of years, or is it literally until you are dead? No, I I believe a life sentence is X amount of years. Like I, I mean, it'd be different for different places, but I would I would estimate thirty years is a life sentence. No, I, no, I feel like a life sentence is life. Like until you 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 will stay here until you actually die in prison. I don't and think I feel, so. No. no, and I feel like they go two life sentences because if he is to dispute this, he needs to dispute both. Like some like maybe the the like. In real court cases, there are certain things where they can be found innocent of one of these things, but mm. guilty of the other and still have to do it. Mm. So if the, he just said, oh, life, you just get one life, he can potentially dispute that down in the future and you know maybe lower his sentence there. But if he has to dispute two of them, it might be a bit harder. Okay. I disagree. Um, it's also interesting like seeing people who, like mass murderers who kill you know 10 people, yeah. but they get their sentences in some place some places at the same time, right? So yeah. it's not one after the other. You're serving them all at once. Yeah. Like I think, is it New Zealand or Norway maybe? With What's a- the point in that? Why don't they just go for the, the biggest one? I don't know. But that's just, it's like, if you get, oh, you're guilty of murdering five people, you might serve your punishment for all five at the same time. But there's other other countries in that where I have seen where they are on trial for multiple different things and they're found guilty of them all and, and one of them's like two years in prison. The other one's five years in prison. The yeah. other one's like 15 years in prison. So they just total that up. It's going to be like, oh, you're going to be in prison for 17 yeah. years for all these yeah, things. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get to Shawshank and we get uh, Red here. Morgan Freeman coming up for his parole. Yeah. And I love I love the sort of, you know, bait and switch or, you know, rug pull they have in us where we're watching this like it's a, a vital scene. Like it's so like, oh, he thought he was getting out. But it's just like, hey, I'm up for rejection next week. Yeah. He doesn't care. You can see it in his face. Oh, I think I actually, I, I actually disagree. I think when he gets out, he does his sort of breath. He looks around and then I think he puts on the 
prison red face and acts tough because you can't. No, I disagree okay. because because of the way it contrasts with his final parole hearing at the end, where he is genuinely changed. I feel like here he's just doing the show, like he he's just saying what he thinks they want to hear. So like, have you? Changed? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. he wants to get out. Yeah, but he but he's not convincing. Like he's just coming in. And he's I'm saying, not saying he's convincing. Well, that, I know that's what I'm saying as well. But you're you're saying it like you're. No, I completely disagree. It's like hold on. You then you start talking about a different argument. No, you're saying that it looked like he was trying. I'm saying he's genuinely disappointed. Of course he's disappointed, yeah, but okay. he's not going in expecting to come out. He's coming in just going, yep, I'm going through the routine. I'm just going to say yeah, what they want I, to say. I'm agreeing okay, with that. Okay, so what are we doing here? You are trying to say, oh, I completely disagree with you, and then say something that I completely agree with. Hmm. And here's where we get our first Morgan Freeman narration. There must be a con like me in every prison in America. I'm the guy who can get it for you. That was actually me, guys. It wasn't It wasn't the uh, the audio from the film. It's not bad. I actually hate doing a, a Morgan Freeman impersonation. It's very hard. It's so difficult. And it's like, it's iconic. His voice is, it's unique. Like, it's so, you hear his voice and it's just like, oh, I know that voice so well. I just don't know how to do it. It's funny because we, before we started recording, D <laughs> uh, just walk around going, get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> He's trying to practice it. Like, let's get those free maneuvers. Get busy dying. <laughs> uh, score's fantastic when it kicks in here with that Ooh, gorgeous, gorgeous, like, um, crane shot over yeah. the prison. Yep, that it's looks fantastic. So good. Really, lo- really big long shot. You just get the scope of this prison. Like, this, this place is huge, and it's it's a very well constructed shot. And like I said, the score in this film is ooh, very very good. It's a shame it had to rock uh, go up against the Lion King. Yeah, and like I don't think it should have beaten Lion King. No, I I yeah. don't think so either. Uh, so yeah, the the score is really good though. Un- underrated, I would say. Definitely. For me, like I think a great score is I wouldn't think Shawshank, but it really is a great score. And especially with the the tone of this film in certain points, when that score kicks in, when it's hitting its really emotional beats, all it contributes. Yeah. But the prisoners arrive here now. Yeah, we learn that Andy was a vice president of a large Portland bank hender. So good work for a man as young as he was. Was that your Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell. You, you better get used to it, Ed. But now they all come out. We get Clancy Brown in just the most iconic Clancy Brown role. Like, he's in other stuff, and you see him pop up, and you're like, oh, that's the Shawshank guy. Most recently, a little while ago when we did Highlander. Yeah, but also that that other recent film we watched where he's got long hair and he plays a sympathetic father. Oh, uh... Promising Young Woman. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good in that. Yeah. I really like Clancy Brown. He's really good. He, he's very. He, like, he's not, an underrated actor. Yeah, not yeah. just in this. I mean, in general, if I see Clancy Brown's in something, I'm like, yeah, this is. I'm looking forward to seeing him because he's just. Is he in Starship Troopers? Uh, I feel like he'd be, he'd be in Starship Troopers. Is he. I'm certain we probably spoke about this on the Highlander episode. Is he, is he in the training sequence where he asks the guy to throw the knife at his hand? Or he, I or don't he know the movie the, well enough to know that He tells the guy scene. to put his hand on a thing and then he throws a knife and it stabs him in the hand. I think he is in it. He looked like he'd make a good Hellboy. Okay. Hmm. Just, I'm just looking at his face structure. Uh, yes, you're right. So he is in Starship Troopers as Sergeant Zim. Yeah, okay. So that is him. Oh, and he voices Mr. Krabs. Who? SpongeBob. I don't watch SpongeBob. He does a lot of voice acting. Well, he's got a great voice. But we get William Sadler. Here's a nice little line here. I've never seen such a sorry looking hippo maggot shit in all my life. <laughs> Where do you know William Sadler from? Die Hard 2. Yes. With his nude karate at the start. He loves nude karate. <laughs> uh, no, nah, William Sadler, he's he's 
fine. He's also death in uh, Bill and Ted's That's Bogus right. Journey. Yeah, you uh, sunk my battleship. He's also in the Mist, which is that another Darabont? Yeah, that is special? another Darabont one. Yeah, he's. I feel like he works a lot, but um, yeah, he's never the main guy, is he? But when you see him, you're like, yeah, that's William Sadler. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but they do bets. Yeah, and I like that Red's like the leader of this gang as well. Yeah, we taking bets I mean, today, Red. I mean, he's the smuggler guy. He he should be the leader. Yeah. Everyone's going to him for everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take the ch- chubby fat ass. <laughs> Good bet. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't especially a bad when bet. they cut to him. And he's like, he's <laughs> like, well, uh, clearly this guy's going to lose. Yeah, looked like a stiff breeze would blow him over. <laughs> I love how Red sizes up Andy incorrectly from the get go. Like yeah. he thinks Andy's going to buckle. The tall drink of water with a spoon up his ass. That sucked. Uh, yeah, but no, it's because uh, that his, was you. His posture. <laughs> how dare you? Um, his posture is terrible. Like he looks, mm. and his clothes look really big. Like Tim Robbins is a really tall man. Yeah, he is. Um, he he just looks so like not scared, but just out of place. I still would bet on fat ass. Chubby fat ass. All right, but no, we're introduced to Warden Norton here. He's a great character. He seems really nice. He seems nice at the start. I, I, I really like this scene as well when they're all lined up and it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, he's talking about rules and he's like, rule number one, no blasphemy. The rest, you'll learn along the way. <laughs> I love how he's like, any questions? He's like, when do we eat? It's like, smash that guy. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's like, when do we eat? And he just looks at uh, Clancy Brown. What's his name? H- H- Hadley? Hadley. It is Hadley. Yeah. Um, and Hadley just walks over to him, smashes him. You eat when we say you eat. You shit when we say you shit. And you piss when we say you piss. You got that, you maggot dick motherfucker. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> See, there. Uh, fucking Had- Had- What's his name? Hadley. It is Hadley. Yeah. I hate you call Hadley- Clancy Brown. Okay, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown has some of the best lines of this film. Yeah, it's just all slurring, yelling, oh, great stuff. He's so good. Even the the warden here when he's like, like, there are two things that I go by: the Bible and discipline. Yeah, you'll receive both. And then, uh, like, he's yeah, I'm a, he's like, oh, I'm a Christian man. We follow the Bible. Your ass is mine. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, but no, now we get to the shower time. Yes. Delousing powder. What what are they doing here? They're delousing him. So I was watching this with Britt. She said it was delicing powder. I think louse is the plural of de- of lice. But then I would argue, why aren't they focusing more on- Or is it the singular, on- like mice and mouse? Why aren't they fo- <laughs> Why aren't they focusing on the hair and pubic region? Like, they look like they're just throwing it all over the body. Looks like talcum powder. They don't have time for this. Just yeah, That's what I thought, talcum powder. Mm. And it's interesting, like, they, they march you in naked as the day you were born. Very much a, a rebirth here for- for everyone going into prison. 100%. Yeah. This is the start of your new life. It's as good a thing to bet on as any, I guess. Sorry. Sorry. I just can't help myself. You can't help me. I'm, I'm leaving it all to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we get lights out. I remember my first night. Uh, that, was, that, was, that wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman, he reminisces about, you know, like his first night here. And it's like Morgan Freeman is such a sympathetic character. Like I realize that he's you know, convicted murderer, but he is someone that you really feel for. Like, it's sad. He has such a sad voice, like this constant voiceover of him just saying how sad everything is. It's really good. We didn't mention in the trivia, but when you get the the stamp come down on his uh, on his parole as rejected and you see the young uh, photo of Morgan Freeman, yes, I believe that's his son. Yes, it is. Yes. Who's also um, got a, a small role in this film. 
as the man in the photo. As another. He's a um inmate when the new guys are coming, he's like, Fresh fish, fresh ah, fish. Ah, that guy I remember yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's Morgan Freeman's kid. Is his name like Alfonso? Yes. Yeah. And I like the way Haywood is trying to like bait his his yeah, horse here. Because he wants to win here. Yeah. This this place ain't so bad. I'll, <laughs> I'll introduce you. I'll, I'll introduce you. I know some queens who would love to make her acquaintance. <laughs> And of course he buckles and everyone starts cheering like, "Yeah, we got a winner!" But the silent- and it's fat ass by a nose. And they're all having a laugh and a good time about it. But you can you can hear the silence just come in. <laughs> I want my mama. I had your mama. She wasn't that great. <laughs> when Clancy oh. Brown comes in and like literally beats this guy basically to death. Hey, he took the Lord's name in vain. I'm down the water. <laughs> You can see, you can see William. Oh, this film is so funny. <laughs> but I'm trying to get to a serious point, Andy. Okay, go on, go on. When they, when he starts beating the shit out of him, you can see Hayworth, like the look on his face, like Haywood. What did I say, Hayworth? Where, you said Hayworth. Who's Hayworth? I don't know. William Sadler. Haywood. You can see that he's trying to tell him to shut up, like you got to shut up now, like don't do it. And then when they start beating the shit out of him, you can see the look on his face drop, like oh shit, like the silence just goes over the entire prison, yeah. like fuck, what have we done here? Like is it? I feel like it is, like the the look of regret on Haywood's face mm. when he realizes that he's basically just got this guy the, the shit beaten out of him. Like well, this is they don't have a lot of source of joy here, right? And this game they play, the betting, this is obviously a lot of fun for them. And now. It's sort of when the you know the coin flips here, and yeah. it's like, oh no, that's right, we're in prison. This place is hell. Exactly, it's, it's awful. <laughs> you said it's great. I said it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> he never made, made a, a sound. sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, Andy's great, uh, and I like even here where you know Andy comes out of prison for his first day, and he's just he's just so curious about everything. Yeah. He's just like looking around. He's calm and red is basically greasing him. That you from son a of a bitch. Down like for fuck's sake, for fuck's sake. Make a bit of maggot in his food there. Unlucky. Yeah, <laughs> actually read that um, the animal rights people were not okay with them killing a maggot to feed to the um, was it crow Jake Jake the crow. So they actually had to find a dead maggot to feed this crow. Uh, okay. What you disagree? Are you an animal killer, Hendo? Is a maggot an animal? I think so. I think everything's I think it's an, an animal. Insect. I think the animal rights people are, are the insect pro rights insects. people. I don't think they're separate pro groups. pro insects. I think so. People are pro insects. So when they have like say uh, like fifty mosquitoes hovering around them, just biting at them, you think, oh no, nah, can't kill these mosquitoes. I mean, yeah, honestly, I do think well, that they get malaria, Dean. I mean, it's fine. We're used to plagues now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> And I like even, like, we talk about the maggot, but we get Brooks here, I think, for possibly the first time we see Brooks. And he's yes. just he's just this old guy who's just like, are, are you going to eat that? And you think he's going like, to eat it. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, no, no. Like, please please don't weirdo. eat that maggot. <laughs> he's got a pet crow. Yeah. Good on him. Nice and rape. <laughs> And again, Haywood comes in. He's like, hey, hey, pay up, boys. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, it's all fun and games. And he's like, yeah, how, how's the how's my new you know prize possession in? And he's like, yeah, he's dead. Like, and everyone just drops in. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. What was his name? Maybe don't, you know. Introduce yourself that way. Yeah. Yeah. Haywood's pretty like classic angry prisoner here to the new guy. Yeah. Like, he's dead. That's all that matters. <laughs> yep. Lesson learned. Yeah. Did you see... Um, uh, the gangster from the gangster from the Sopranos sitting with them here at the table. Yeah, Janice's husband. Yeah, uh, 
I think he's known as well. He's in The Usual Suspects. That's who? One of the detective guys. Really? Yeah, I think he's the one who's like in the hospital for the majority of it with the Jesus. with the burnt body. And he's I believe he's played he's played Richard Nixon at least once because he, he kind of looks like him. Yeah, I was going to say. Are you What's his name? Dan Hedaya, I think his name is. Wow, are you serious? You know his name? Yeah. You know his name, but you weren't going to mention him. No. Why? I don't know. He's just a, he's just a side character here. Where is he? That's not his name. <laughs> it's David Provel. He looks like Look look at Dan Hedaya. Uh, wow, a- yeah, Dan Hedaya is the guy from The Usual Suspects and plays Richard Nixon. <laughs> so you, yeah, you were thinking of the wrong guy here. Uh, yeah, no, nah, he's in he's in Sopranos. Yeah. Um, also in Mean Streets. God, he would have been young in Mean Streets. Anyway, he plays, here we go, Richie April. That's his name. That's right. And how good's The Sopranos? Oh, it's so good. The new movie's coming out soon. Yeah. Not to date this podcast, but in like a couple of months, it's coming out. Can't wait for that. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So we get our first Red and Andy interaction here out in the prison yard. Uh, not yet. You're missing a key bog scene here. Get our intro to bogs in the showers. So yeah, you know, classic prison shower scene. Mm-hmm. You're all these naked dudes. He's very cordial at the start though. He tries to ease him in. Like you can just you can come oh, with me. I mean, I'm sure he tried to ease him in, but <laughs> no, it's like anybody get to you yet? <laughs> it's like uh, and like. To Andy's credit, he's not rude to him. Huh. He's just pretty clear, like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not into this. Hey, we all need friends here. I could be a friend to you. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. And then, <laughs> Please don't. Andy just walks away. He's like, hard to get. I like that. <laughs> Stop it. So like, you know where this is gonna go. Yeah, the first scene of Andy and Red together. Mm. It's a good little scene. Nice little interaction here. Like how Andy just sheepishly walks up to him, just like from a distance. He takes a couple of steps forward. Yeah. So it's a good conversation here between these two. Yeah, he's just like, "I've killed Banker. Why'd you do it? I didn't, since you asked." He's just like, "Huh? Oh, you're gonna fit right in here." Hey, Haywood, what you in here for? Didn't do it. Liar, fucked me. <laughs> But what I love, what I actually really love about this scene is that Andy asks Red, like, oh, you you innocent too? And he's like, nah. No, I did it. No, I did it. I'm the only man guilty in this place. The only guilty man in Shawshank. Uh, I like that because you don't want to be thinking he's another wrongly convicted felon. Like, you need... You need him to admit so he can show remorse and become a different person. Yeah. You know, like change, rehabilitate. Exactly. Um, so I do, I think that's really smart that let's not put that in question. Even if it is a joking way that Haywood says it, let's not have the audience wondering. You just came through there. Look. Attack! <laughs> but also, but this is where he, he asks for a, a rock hammer. Yeah. And like Red obviously is going to be like, well, what is it? It sounds like a weapon. And Andy laughs like, yeah, right. This thing is a weapon. Like, holy shit, this is not something you'd be like, all right, yeah, that's safe. You could definitely kill someone with this. He laughs later when he sees it, like when he's talking about breaking out. Yeah, breaking out. But it's more so. Take someone 50 years. Yeah, but when you when he's talking about you know you you got some people after you're gonna bury this rock hammer into their into their head mm. like it is a weapon oh for sure but he, you know he straight up says like if you do something with this or you get caught with it and you mention my name we will never do business for yeah. anything yeah even a stick of gum a pack of cigarettes but, yeah understood but even ending this whole time he's like he's very yeah understood absolutely yeah. he's very just cool calm just talking he's a straight up guy yeah oh yeah absolutely. They even talk more about Boggs here, and he looks over in there, and Boggs just staring at him, like, mm, licking his chops, here he goes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, do you think it's going to matter if I tell him I'm not homosexual? None of these guys are. Neither yeah. is he. you got to be human first. <laughs> nah. Um, but we get, you know, the, uh, I mean, very memorable for me, like, name's Red. Why do they call you that? 
It's because I'm Irish. And the joke being that in the novel, he is a an Irishman with red hair. Yeah. But his name is also Alice Redding. So, you know, it's not like his name was John Smith and his nickname's <laughs> Red from the novel. Like, you can obviously get where his nickname came from here. Yeah. But then we get some, you know, red observations about the man who is Andy, you know, saying that he, he wasn't like anyone else here. He, oh, what, what's the quote? Um, It was like he had an, on an invisible coat that would shield himself from this place. It's really that Freeman in impersonation was spot on yeah i think it's fair to say i like dandy from the start <laughs> i like this scene here where you get like a little mini montage of how the stuff comes into the prison yep because at, at this point you just hear the red yeah i'm the guy that gets things i'm like how how do you get this? Who's in on this? Mm. And see, there's a lot of people in on this. Yeah. The people who bring in the clothes to the guy who delivers the clothes, folds them up. Yeah. It's, funny, all, it's uh, funny now because you watch it and he's he's paying all these people with cigarettes. Yeah. And I'm looking at it now like, pretty sure one pack of cigarettes would be worth more than that rock hammer. <laughs> but Absolutely. back then, you know, in the 40s, I guess cigarettes were cheap as fuck. They would, yeah. Like, even with the uh, the inflation of no, money. No, like, that's like, what I mean. Yeah. Like, they would be- it, it would, yeah. yeah. Dirt cheap cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. I said 50 years before. It's actually 600 years, he says, is how long it would take someone to tunnel <laughs> through the walls with it. Nah, but time's up for poor Andy here. His bogs finally, finally gets to him after a little while. Honey, hush. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff he grabs and he says, this will blind you if I throw it. Do you mm. think that was true or is he just trying to throw out a threat? Uh, I think it was just throwing out a threat. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, what it'd be washing powder. Yeah, it, it works be, in it wouldn't laundry. Be a strong, it wouldn't be a what, strong chemical. What else would it be? Yeah. <laughs> You know, if, if, yeah. Which leads me to believe if he's just saying that to try and scare him, later on when he starts talking about the shank in the ear will bite down. Who knows? We'll get to that. Maybe that's not true either. Maybe. But, you know, more iconic voiceover work from Morgan Freeman here. I wish I could tell you Andy fought the good fight. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could tell you that. But, you know, even Andy here, like Red saying, he never told anyone who did it, but we all knew. Like, Yeah, like Andy's not here to like create trouble yeah. or get involved in like like the political workings of trying to get back at people. He's just trying to keep to himself. He's trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And by going around, you know, starting all these dramas and that, it's probably not going to make him last long. Mm. And we see it like a bit of a montage here and we're about to jump to a two years later sort of scenario. Yeah. And I love how they don't bring a lot of attention to that. Like they don't come up with a two years later title card or anything. It's just read in just general conversation to us saying, this went on for two years. Like, oh, so we're two years later now. Jeez. Yeah. Which kind of just after when it when it sinks in, it shows the dramatic effect of this stuff happens to him for two years straight. Yeah, and like like yeah, you see him fight him off once, but obviously he's getting violated repeatedly. Like they show the first time it happens, and then you see like a shot of him walking in the courtyard, like busted up in yeah. the face, and then another shot of him fending them away. Yeah, and then it then it cuts to him back in the you know the laundry part, and Red's like, I would say the first two years were the hardest for Andy Dufresne. I'm like two years already yeah, yeah shit but as fate would have it yep <laughs> the roof needs resurfacing i need a dozen volunteers for a week's work i mean i love that gee as luck would have it uh me yeah. and 12 of my mates got picked <laughs> as luck would have it i am good at uh r- rigging things here yeah and like, i love that i love that andy is just part of like red's gang now yeah yeah like he like when they all turn around like grin at each other there's andy just there with him yep. it's like yeah he's part of the crew now yeah i mean it's been two years so yeah i mean yeah he's a he's one of the first people he probably was the first person he spoke to so yeah, he's, yeah he's his first friend in the place yep he's gonna stick with his gang 
Sure. Um, this scene, potential excellent. It's a great scene. It is. It's so good. Um, Clancy Brown talking to these other inmates about how his brother died and left him 35000 He's just complaining, complaining, complaining. And the, the, the criminal is just like, ah, oh, poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and even the fear that Red shows immediately when Andy just stops stops tarring for a second. Yeah. Andy, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Get back. Get your ass on the map. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the ball's on Andy here to just uh, walk on over. What with the, with the with the guard's backs turned yeah. as well. Like, imagine the guard's just turning, there's the prisoner just standing like, holy shit! Mr. Hadley, do you trust your wife? Oh, he doesn't really start this strong, does he? <laughs> oh, no. That's not how you start no. this conversation. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You're going to look a lot funnier sucking my dick with no teeth. <laughs> I, love his, I love his insults. And his second line isn't any better. Uh, no, I mean, do you think you she'd go behind your back? <laughs> what are you doing? Trying to railroad you. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. But that's it. <laughs> this guy's about to have himself an accident. <laughs> And then, but Andy, like, he's he sort of says to him, you know, like, uh, there's no reason why you can't keep all the 35,000, all of it, every penny. And then he goes, I feel kind of stupid telling you this. I'm sure you would have researched this yourself. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's not scared, you know, even when you see him, like, fighting off the, the sisters, he's not, he's not, he doesn't show fear. He just tries to help himself. Uh, I don't know about that because when you get the the final scene with Boggs later on, he he does say to him, "Oh, you're not going to scream this time." Mm. Like I think he's been screaming like a lot mm. of the other times, and yep. I think by that point it's just been happening for so long. And he's just like yeah. like it's routine now. Yeah, but good on Andy. You know, he's like, "Yeah, I could do it, but I want three beers for the my co-workers here." But he doesn't drink. Gave it up. Yeah, he just wants it for his mates. Yeah. Now, and you don't think he's doing this to get clout with the the, the guards, do you? Like that's just a that could be a potential bonus down the line that he's helped the guards out or he's helped Clancy Brown out with this. Hold on, why do you think he's doing it? For his mates. Oh, for his mates. So not for himself to no to get special treatment from the guards. No, I think okay. he's doing it because we've had a, you know if I can do this, I get all my mates here some beers and we can just you know we can act like real people for one, like even for a morning just to sit but there you know and drink some beers. You know, yeah, that's why. Red thinks he did it, just to feel normal again. I feel like that's what it is. I don't think he's doing it to curry favour with the guards. He doesn't even sit with them. He just sits by himself. He's happy with, with his, what he's done. a strange smile on his face. I think he's happy that he's done this for his friends and he can feel normal for mm. a couple of hours mm. with that sun shining in his face. This could have been, this could have been, ow, house that we tired. Yeah, no, that's good. Great. I mean, it's a great scene. It is a really good scene. No, they play checkers. Annie wants to teach him chess. Uh, yeah, it was sort of already said. Red I was, I was loving guilty the, here. I was loving the line when he's like, "This could take us years to do." He's like, well, time isn't an issue here. <laughs> we sort of get this scene here, which we're gonna see again later in a flashback, where he's sending his chess pieces. He sees some names carved into a wall, yeah. and then he starts to carve his name. And he sees how kind of easy this stuff sort of grains off the wall with his rock hammer. Yeah, but we see it much better later where a yeah. chunk falls off. Yeah. So do you think it's at this point where he comes up with the idea? 1,000% yes. Good. And the reason I say it is because we cut to him carving his name and then it cuts to him seeing Red saying, hey, I want you to get me Rita Hayworth. Yeah. Right? He immediately yeah. is like, I need a giant poster to cover this hole. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I thought. I, I didn't think it, if it was coming up later with the chunk coming out. Yeah. That's that's exactly what like. We go yeah. from that scene to that scene. Yeah. I need something to cover this hole I'm about to do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he, he knows. Uh, but I, I always had a problem with Andy saying, I need you to smuggle me Rita Hayworth, and Red immediately knows he means a poster. Like, I mean, they've known each other for two odd years now. I think they, I think he has. You think Red knows that Andy is a big poster guy? 
I don't think he really means get me Rita Hayworth into this prison. I just, I think you would clarify. Like, what if he gets him a poster and he's like, oh, no, nah, I wanted, I wanted like a, I a wanted doll. Rita Hayworth. I wanted a doll, you know? What do you mean? What a, a doll? poster for? Yeah. Just, <laughs> jerk off to, who knows? <laughs> a poster is what you'd be doing in prison. A picture. Yeah, I guess. Maybe there's a lot of sex toys in prison. No. Well, back then, I'm thinking of like Shawshank Redemption No, like days. now. I don't know. But I know you don't know. Where would they, how would they smuggle it in? <laughs> I mean, I feel like- I feel like they get contraband, yeah? I mean, i got no idea. Gee, mm. Darabont loves to have the, the scenes of old-timey movies flashing into the little cinemas of prisons with the light glowing everywhere, a la Green Mile as well. I'm in heaven. Oh, do you like that scene better or this one? Uh, yeah, I, 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 like, I like the Green Mile one better. Do you? I'm just trying to think. So, in the Green Mile, he's watching that film and you just see like a really happy John Coffey. It's like his last moment of happiness. And in this one, Gildy, are you decent? Woo! I think I prefer this one. Nah, I'm not saying this is bad. I'm saying I think the Green Mile uh, scene has a lot more of an emotional effect on the movie at that time. <laughs> I like that Red's like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on one sec. I, yeah, I like this bit part. coming up. And Andy's like, yeah, I know, I've seen it three times this month. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, the only movie they play there. These guys react like this every single time. Yeah, and it's like, oh, they can just rewind. <laughs> I love that shit she does with her hair. <laughs> <laughs> but poor Andy, he's uh, getting trapped by bogs again. And you can see that he's... He's really had enough. I gotta change the reel. I said, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> like, everything Boggs throws at him here, he's just got the answer for. Hmm. And, like, Andy here is like, all right, let's get this over and done with, <laughs> and turns around and bends over. Like, he's obviously, uh, yeah, you know, been dealt with before. But uh, he, he fights back here, and, uh, man, Boggs, this scene. I'm going to open my fly, and you're going to swallow what I give you to swallow. <laughs> but Andy Andy really brings it back. Like, you, you, you know, if you put anything that goes in my mouth, I will be biting down. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But you see, if you do that, I'm going to shove all eight inches of this steel through your head. It's like, okay, but you should know. <laughs> That sudden permanent brain damage causes a victim to bite, bite down, down really hard. hard. <laughs> they say they say sometimes the bite reflex is so hard they have to pry the victim's jaws open. And even Box is like frightened here. With a crowbar. He's really he's like, how do you know this shit? Where do you get this shit? <laughs> I read it. You know how to read, you ignorant fuck? See, I love that, that, one. that line there. It's I like he, it. he's not scared of these guys at all now. He just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He just yeah, he's just so clever. Yeah. That uh that causes him to get uh nearly beaten to death here, like inch yeah. inch to his life. Spends a month in the infirmary, which yeah. a month in hospital. Like, yeah. He's Yeah, they really mess beaten. him up. Uh Boggs got a week in the hole. But <sighs> he wish he probably wish he stayed there longer. Yep. And when he gets back I love the sort of, like, turns the, the light, light on. The light comes on. And it's Clancy Brown, it's is like, it? Oh, shit. It's Clancy Brown. He's like, what? Bang. Yeah. And him crawling out of the, out of his cell, like, no, help. Yeah. It's so, like, you don't see, it, it's not like you see a heap of blood or no. anything like that. It's what's implied. The implication, the brute force of the this narration stick. from Red. Yeah. He said he, he never walked again and he spent the rest of his life drinking his food out of a straw. Like, yeah. they really did him wrong. Yeah. Well, not did him wrong. They did him, they did him in. They did him. Yeah. They did do him. Yep. Which yeah. is good, because this is just off the back of, you know, Red, not Red, Andy helping um, yep. Hayward Hadley with his 
finances. And that's why Red said earlier, like, fate would have it. Like, everything was going to change from this. Yeah, yeah. And 35K back then is a ton of money. Absolutely. Like, huge. But uh, he comes back. They've been collecting rocks for him. Yep. Uh, they've got the... Oh, well, they also say they've got a big stash come in. Like, they got all yep. like everything yep. going. Gets his Rita Hayworth poster. Yep. No charge. Welcome back. Yeah. Good guy, Red. Yeah. He's really ingratiated himself into this uh, community of prisoners now. Definitely. But, guys, guys, it's us in the cells. It's up. A dozen cells. This like this must have been just panic stations for Andy here. It doesn't look like he's panicked. Not at all. But Norton takes his Bible. Yeah, and like he we, could have flicked through that. Are we to believe that that's where the rock hammer is now? Like we know it's there, but oh no, we have no idea it's in there. Okay, but he does. Does Andy give that away in his reaction at all? At no, because so he's, he's very. You cool. just said yourself he doesn't seem worried. Yeah, so like obviously we know that that's where it is. Yeah, but for someone who hasn't seen this film, are we? Does Red give away even the slightest reaction that there is something in that Bible? No, good because that's what, definitely not. But you're saying he he's like he's frightened about this. He doesn't show any emotion. He doesn't show any emotion when he looks at the. Yeah, but he must be worried because he's walking he? away. Yeah, he. What, what are you serious? <laughs> yes, Warden, when he walks away with it. Yeah, okay. He walks out of the cell and closes the bars, holding his Bible. It's like, oh shit! It's like, uh, hey, hey, like, can surely, I have my Bible back, please? Surely you'd ask at that point. Yeah, I think if he takes a couple more steps, he's like, you'd be like what? Oh, can I please have my Bible? Yeah, it means everything to me. Um, even the post is like, I don't think I approve of this. Like, fuck. But <laughs> exceptions can be made. Yeah. Like even here, it's just yeah. But like, you know, like. Hadley makes exceptions for him. He still fucking ruins his little rock collection and, you know, throws everything around. I don't think they're as aggressive as they are with other uh, cells there. Yeah. And even, I love- Do you like hear, their I quotes? Love... The uh, Bible quotes? Like, what's your favorite passage? Like, he shows that he has been reading it. Like, it's not only that he has a quote memorized to give him, but when the warden gives one back, he's like, ah, John six nineteen. Like, yeah, he yeah. knows it. Like, yeah, wow. Exactly right. But Andy's quote is, and it's so yeah. appropriate, like, yeah. watch ye therefore, for ye know- not when the master of the house cometh, which is basically what has just happened. Like, yeah, exactly. You always need to be on guard because you could be interrupted at any point. And the warden does not pick up on this? No, like, he is, how is that a not a direct reference to the warden yeah. coming? Like, he's the master of the house. Like, He's just careful. more like, ah, Bible man. I like oh, it. Yeah. And But the warden's quote is all about how, I'm the light of the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, fucking hell, Warden. And, I mean, we can't move on with that saying, almost forgot, salvation lies within. That'll mm. come back, obviously. I love how when they're having their conversations, while well, you hear, like, in the background, like, at, like downstairs, you hear the, contraband found, contraband found, contraband found. Like, they're finding shit in all the other prison cells. Really? I miss yeah. that. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, we see Brooks's library here. Yeah, Andy's been transferred out of the laundry because he goes to see the Warden. Yep. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's he realizes he's good with words and good with numbers, so he gets him out of that shitty laundry job into the library. And Andy is so sus on it already. He's like, Brooks, have you ever had anyone here? Yeah. Like, no, no, just pretty simple job you don't really need an assistant like, hmm. and then yeah. immediately Hadley walks in yeah. Dufresne that's him <laughs> that's, that's the one <laughs> uh, hi I, I'm Deacons <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, setting up a trust fund for my kid ah uh, that's why I'm here and I love the way that Brooks retells this story back to the group yeah he likes like uh Andy is like Superman here. He's the guy. He's the yeah. man. Do you want your sons to go to Harvard or Yale? 
<laughs> oh, it's great. And Andy's just like, oh, I'm thinking of asking for funds for, you know, some more books for the library. And they're just like, nah. Yeah, in all my time, you never get anything. Hard cut to Warden walking down the stairs. Budget stretched thin as it is. Yep. <laughs> also like that you, just before this, when you get Andy walking into the library for the first time, you see a full-grown Jake now. Whereas yeah. When you had Brooks, is like, oh, I'm just nursing him until he's ready to fly. Yeah. No, like two plus years later, he's still there. It's his pet. Like he could, he could fly away now, but no, mm. he he's just there now. Yeah. 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 But now Warden says uh, Andy is welcome to write to the state board for more funds yep. himself every week, which he does. Uh, we see a montage of him doing all the tax returns for everyone, including the wardens. Yeah. And then the the, uh, the opposing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they, they they what is it? They lined it up with the uh, the annual baseball game. Yeah. And a lot of that guy's like, now they they made you pay for your gun and holster. It's like, yeah. See, that's tax deductible. <laughs> Yep. Um, and it, yeah, it got so busy that he was allowed to hire a staff. And he's like, Red, <laughs> got, got me I, out of the woodshop for a that 2B, please, Red. <laughs> <laughs> but we have ourselves a little emergency here, Hendo. Oh, yeah. This is uh, comes out of left field, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, because we know Brooks to be, you know, a quiet man, yeah. a gentleman, a caring man. Now he's got Haywood at knife point. I love that we don't know what is going on. Oh, Brooks, Brooks, you're not going to do this because Brooks is a reasonable man. But look, look, Brooks, he's bleeding. He's got blood on his look neck. At, look at his neck. What he's are you bleeding. doing? It's the only way that let me stay. It's like, what? Yeah. Let's him go. And yeah, Haywood's like, all I <laughs> no. did was congratulate him on his parole. <laughs> no, I love that Haywood's like, ah, I'm bleeding. <laughs> he's like, and everyone's just like trying to look after Brooks. He's like, hey, damn, you cut my throat. It's like, ah, Haywood, you've had work cut shaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, no, nah, we see that his parole had come through, but uh, no, nah, Red says he's been institutionalized. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept to have, especially with Brooks, who's been there since the start of the, the, like, the turn of the century. Mm. Uh, In here, he's an important man, an educated man. Outside, he's nothing. Like going into a, a absolutely new world, when, like you have no idea what to do. You're an old man, and you just you like that's why he wants to stay there. They send you here for life. That's exactly what they take. The part that counts. Anyway. I love how you like you you tilt yeah, one yeah, side of yeah, your face. Yeah, yeah, Because I wasn't I wasn't happy with how that started, and then I thought maybe if I maybe if I tilt my other side of my face, it'll get better. It did not. No, it, it did not. We get some uh, Brooks narration here, which he- is awesome. Oh yeah. Like this, this montage, is this a scene where it's so many different yeah, places? Yeah, he, get, he gets on the bus. This, he, is, this is great. Like we're talking about, I think I saw a car once when I before, before I came in. No, not, not a car. I saw an automobile. That's an automobile. <laughs> now they're everywhere. Uh, Literally gets run down by one. The world went and got itself in a great big hurry. <laughs> 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 Which is fair enough. He spent 50 years in prison. Mm. Like, the technology advances between, what, 1890 to 1940 oh, or 1900 monumental. to 1950. Like, how do you walk How do you walk out of prison and live a life? You can't. It shows here you cannot. He's got a job, and I don't think the store manager likes me much. <laughs> he's like, Make I sure am- you double bag like the lady says. <laughs> and then he's like, I contemplated robbing <laughs> the joint, maybe even killing the manager. <laughs> <laughs> I could shoot the manager as a bonus. <laughs> uh, uh, and the score playing at this point is, yeah, yeah it's really touching. Yeah. I don't like it here. I've decided not to stay. I doubt they'll kick up much of a fuss, not for an old crook like me. It's really sad. It is. And another added bonus of this, obviously, is once you've seen the movie and you see this scene get played out almost identically yep. with Red later on, you, you, it, yeah. it makes it so much more impactful. Like yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, here's you know, the get busy living, get busy dying. This guy chooses to get busy dying. So yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a 
fucking well done scene. Yeah, really powerful. And it, I guess it shows the power of this movie that it is not either of our excellence. No, no, definitely not. I mean, not definitely not. It's an amazing scene, but yeah. it's it's not not my excellent. Uh, yeah, sad, sad music. <sighs> yeah, and I think we've established that our excellent is not in the first half of this because that is it for this half of the breakdown of the Shawshank Redemption. Yes, it is. Uh, fantastic first half. Yeah, I won't. I won't give uh, you know a review of the first half. We'll save it all <laughs> for the end. But uh, I've really enjoyed breaking this down. Hendo. Yeah, but I feel like we've got uh, the best yet to come. With, I would, with I would hope so, Hendo. Yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for this week and the the first half of the breakdown. Thank you very much for checking it out, and we'll see you next week for the second half of our breakdown of the Shawshank Redemption. Bye.